Welcome to the Development by David podcast, my friend. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Thanks, obviously, thanks for having me. Um, but yeah, I am awesome. How I, was just in, I was just into your fear. I've been buzzing for this episode. I've had a, a full day of Teams meetings and Zoom calls, and this has been the, the late end of the tunnel for me, mate. Oh, good stuff, mate. Well, we'll see. It might just be, it might make you day worse when you're stuck with me. Um, <laughs> but we'll see, mate. We'll see. We'll try and make it all right for you. <laughs> for those who might not recognise your name off the bat... Who's Aaron Willis today in 2022? Yeah, um, I'm currently featuring on The Apprentice this year on BBC. Um, it involves 16 candidates who are pretty much going to be in front of Lord Sugar's um, business partner. We're all focusing to be his business partner. The end goal is to get 250 grand in our back pocket to put into our business. Um, so we all do like different tasks in order to go through to the next round. If you fail that task, then you can just file one of you. It's like an elim- elimination. So, yeah, um, the winner gets the money, the loser gets called. So, yeah, we're all still we're all still trying to get it there, mate. And at the present moment, you're still in. Um, yeah. Final few left. Seven of us left now. That's exciting, mate. How do you feel yeah, uh, watching that home? Mate, to be fair, it's crazy. I think the, the as it goes on every week, it becomes more normal. Um, but it's still kind of, I'll still have my beers. I've, I've got to get pissed when I'm watching it. It's one of those, it settles me down. Um, we'll all, so it's one of those, we, it's kind of our night now. Um, so it's, it is, it, we're used to it. Whereas before it was just a bit weird. We watched it in the pub the first night, <laughs> which was weird. So it was good. Uh, we had all family together all watching it. And it was just weird. Cause I think the only, I was like on some Granada reports last time I was on TV, just in background, like there was nothing. I think I just said one word when there was like a someone stole something and I said something or oh, it's terrible. And then that's, that's the only, only thing I got on TV. So I've got, I've, I've got a bit more now. <laughs> Mate, I'm sure that experience was invaluable with Granada. Mate, <laughs> really... I learned a lot. I can do it now. Oh, it's terrible. And that, <laughs> mate, it was I was generally concerned that someone had done it. So <laughs> before the apprentice, mate, what was life like? What did the mate, day in the life of yeah. Aaron Willis look like? Before the apprentice, because I was in the Air Force 12 years. So for me, it was it was a lot more intense than than other jobs roles because Obviously, I was I was like an instructor, so I was there to instruct new people coming through the Air Force. So the discipline was was really high. I'd have to be dad and husband at home and a bit chilled out, having a laugh with the kids and stuff. And then I come into work and I'm having to be completely full disciplined and making sure that everyone's at that military standard. And it was difficult to jug, juggle, but I loved it. Absolutely loved because it was the development side that I loved and for instance you'd see a young kid 15 16 coming through the air force um and you've got like 12 weeks to just shape that guy or girl and make him a complete military person and to see them transform into an adult and to someone who's absolutely responsible for the defense of this nation it's awesome it was the best achievement ever you can transform just a shitty little kid who just wanted to do nothing to someone who's really proud and, and serving the country. It was awesome. Brilliant. And hearing some of the kind of regimented traits that you have around like leadership and development, it almost makes no it makes complete sense for you to go onto the apprentice. Like they're the skills a candidate on the apprentice would need. Did you kind of recognize yeah, that in yourself before applying? 
Yeah, I thought so. I thought, well, to be fair, I know how to lead. I know how to get the best out of people. But I think one thing that I found a challenge on the other side of that, mate, is these are civilians now. And I've dealt with military for 12 years. So in the military, if someone fucks up, they get told and they get told in no uncertain terms, this is what needs to happen. In the civilian side, especially in the apprentice, you have to be a little bit more careful of how, because these are people who've never been explored, explored to the military environment, have never even had a taste of that. So in a way, yeah, it's good that I've got that, but it's still, you've still got to be careful because you can't go screaming at people. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Mate, at times I can see you're a close to it. You're biting your tongue at sometimes. <laughs> They, there's like my mates in the in the military know me really well. They they WhatsApp me and they're like, "I know that look, and I know you was gonna blow, and now <laughs> you just managed just to just calm down was brilliant." So I do have that restraint to think right, not in the military. Like this is this is the apprentice now, so come on, we've got to just um, settle down and and just get it done a little bit differently. So I, I do restrain quite a lot. Where was the initial seed planted? So when you thought. I'm going to apply for this. Where, where, where were you sat? And then um, what, 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 what sparked the motivation? Yeah, I think every year I've always watched The Apprentice and I've always probably slagged the people off. I've always thought, oh, what the hell are you doing? Like, why, why can't you just listen to clear instruction? Why this task isn't hard and you've made it hard, you're not listening. And every year people say, you need to go on it, you need to go on it, you need to go on it. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to. And then two years ago, I decided I would just literally sat at work and I just applied for it I just thought because I knew my career in the Air Force was coming to an end because I knew what I wanted to do I knew I wanted to set my own business up um and I knew but I know in security or any role you need a lot of money behind you so I thought right I'll, I'll go for an investment of this and get on the show and I think I think I'd be good at it so that was literally and it was one of those mate that I just went on and applied took me two hours to do it all online. It was done. I, there's no turning back. So I know if I, if I probably paused it, Dave, and thought, you know what, mate, I'm not going to do it. If I would have slept on it, I probably would have chinned it off and, for another week or two and not done it. But as soon as I pressed enter, it was done. And then I got a phone call two days later to to go for the interviews. Two days later, well, it's, it's crazy yeah. when you have those kind of bursts of courageous motivation where you just apply for that random job or that random opportunity. Yeah. And most of the times you could, you could surprise yourself of what could be at the other end of that. It's nuts that you just did that almost on a whim. And if you thought about yeah. it much longer, then it, would, it wouldn't have happened. I think that's been my approach for the last few years, mate. I think not just in, in business and in life is that you've got to go, you've got to go balls deep sometimes. And I think you've got to pretty much... I just believe, and if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, just do it. The worst thing you can do is deliberate on stuff. <laughs> if you know that's what you want, just smash it in. What is the worst could happen? I pressed enter. The, the only thing could have happened is I would have got rejected. Or I would have got an interview. That's the only thing that could have happened. Nothing else would have happened to me. So just do it. And I think that a lot of people in business will probably think, well, I'm in a really good job. I'm on a guaranteed salary for five years. Well, but I really want to set my business up. Just do it. Just do. Just sometimes you've got to make them risks. You have to. Um, and that's what I did there. So was your business well established before you applied? No, it was still very much in its infancy. It was a case of, I thought, I had a different concept where I wanted to set up a security business, but focus on on residential security at first. I thought, well, there's a little, there's people now robbing homes or attempting cars and stuff. So I thought, how about if I have a patrol outside the neighborhoods all night so people can 
And I thought, that that's a brilliant business. This can't go wrong. And then I thought, it is going to go wrong because my staff are going to get paid. So that means I need to charge these homeowners a shitload of money every night. So it weren't going to work. But I knew that's what I wanted to do now. I knew it was a security that I was going to go into. I knew the field quite well. So, yeah, mate, I think I thought I'll set it up. And then I didn't want to do too much just in case I got the apprentice because the worst thing I could have done is have this business really, really high and then go away for weeks on end and then leave it. So I wanted to just do it baby steps before The Apprentice, really. And do you think that's what they look for, kind of not a fully-fledged business just yet, something that has potential that it's very embryonic at at early stages? Do you think that's what they look for? I think they look for two different things. I think if you look at Alex Shaw, who is a legend, but his business is turning over millions. You look at Amy, she's... Her products are in Boots and Argos and everywhere. So she's turning over millions and millions of pounds. But then you look at Steph, who's completely driven, who's setting it up, and Catherine, who's setting her business up. So I think what they want is a mixture of both. If it's making money, brilliant. But if if you can tell me and tell them that this business is going to make large sugar money, that's all they want to look for. They don't just want to look for pie-in-the-sky ideas that are not going to get returned. So it's a mixture of both, mate, I'd say, 100%. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. And the application process, you, you filled the application form two days later, you had an interview. And is that it? Or is there more hurdles to jump? But yeah, without saying too much, there's loads of different stages to it. There's there's a lot of different tests that they give you. There's a lot of pressure that will put under you. They, they, um, they ask you various different questions. Because I think a lot of people think it's just a show where people they can have anyone. The, the amount of research that goes into you as a person, the amount of people that interview you, the amount of tests that you do, whether it be on camera to see how you cope on camera, all these kind of things is what the test. So it took months before I knew, because every time I got through to the next round, I thought, oh, this has to be it, because they'll never tell you. And rightly so. So you think, right, you, you're through to the next round. You need to... And I would just get going through and through till I knew, like, until you got that phone call, say, yeah, you've made it. That's the only time you know. There's just no way of knowing what start stage you are in the in the process. Do you remember the day you got the phone call saying that you're... Were on yeah, the I, yeah, I got the production rang and there was like, oh, got some bad news, obviously. Um, you're going to be stuck with us for a bit longer. And I think they wanted a bit of, like, proper cheerful and stuff. And I'm like, all right, yeah, cheers. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, you could have been a bit more happy. And I said... And it worked that I was ignorant of anything. I just knew that, it's weird, I just, I knew that I'd get in at some point. I kind of manifested it. And I've been, because I've been studying that for weeks before, months before, this manifestation. And I thought, I knew that I was getting in because I manifested that actually happening. So it didn't come as a surprise to me. And that's why I said, I I said, I don't want to be rude. I'm so thankful. But I kind of knew that he was going to accept me. It's funny you say that. I've had a previous guest speak about the exact same thing. He was like a Mr. Olympia bodybuilder and he's wanting his, yeah. he was wanting his pro card uh, so he could compete in Mr. Olympia. And he had played that moment in his light, uh, that moment in his head so many times previously to it actually happening that when it actually happened, he had already been there. It's crazy, honestly. And I, I thought, oh, you hear about it all the time and you think, oh, this is all bollocks. Like people are not, how can you? But then I thought, do you know what? I'm going to give it a go. And I predicted every single time me to get in a phone call that I was in. But I always had in my mind me sat in the boardroom of, in front of Lord Sugar. And I knew, it's it, it kind of, I knew I was ingrained in that particular scenario. So even when I went in the boardroom for the first time, 
I, they placed me in the seat that was always in my mind when I was manifesting as well. So that's when I knew it's it's crazy. It really is. It's mental, mate. It really that is. is. That's mental. That yeah. is mental. So you, you got the phone call saying, Aaron, you're on. Yeah. What was what was next? What were the stages before you? Well, so then he was pretty much um, yeah. Again, we can't say a lot about it really, but it was a case of this is when we're starting. This is when we're filming. And we'll be in touch with more details, and that was it. And then the the one thing I can say about the production is the the welfare that they give towards this in the lead up is amazing. They have so much staff to whether it's psychologists and people who can talk to you about because it's such a stressful thing for me, but also my family. So there was in contact with my wife. There was in contact all the time with telling her how it's going to be. There was in contact with me daily to tell me, just guiding me through this process. Um, and without them, I don't think it would have been, it would have helped, it wouldn't have worked. So that's one thing that you was in constant contact before the day you got put in the house, um, just to making sure you're happy. And it was literally all the time. And if you ever needed them, he was on the phone, they'd ring you straight back and there was no matter what time of day. It was class, it really were. It's really good that you get that support. Um, I guess decades ago, the same support for reality TV stars, it wasn't there. And we've seen... And then there's the kind of detrimental effects that's had on certain celebrities. But it's amazing to hear how that's been, as a whole culture, been ingrained uh, yeah. in terms of uh, support for uh, reality TV stars. Was that support continued as yeah, you was it, as you were alive on TV? From start to finish. So even now, I'm having full support. Um, we all get that, that time, that support every single week or every single day whenever we need it. Um, so throughout the show, while you're in, while you're filming or everything, you've got people helping you, giving you the welfare, because I think people are listening that it's hard to do all this in front of TV. There's millions watching. There's so many things online that get said about you without these people in your family. It, it would be hard, but I cannot fault the BBC for it because they're class, mate. They really are for what they've done. They really are. Yeah, I'm so, so happy to hear that. And in terms of training and media training, and production training were you given all that before you were let loose no mate no <laughs> you were given nothing like it's a case of you're going on a tv show and it you're going on it but it's it kind of thing you need to forget that the camera's there kind of thing so they don't really tell you because they they don't expect you to have that they just want you to crack on and let the cameras film it so they they give you obviously afterwards different guidance on TV for things like this or interviews that you could be doing later on in the future. Um, and they are at hand all the time, but you don't get that much. It's just a case of you're right. You're going in the house. That's you done. Right. Task is today. Crack on. And it's like, we was on a ship when we first got into the boat in the centers on a cruise ship. That was it. Crack on. And they were like, shit, like what do we do? And that's it. That must be what makes a program, though, because they've assessed you for weeks on end before you get there, so they must know that you will be apt enough to be let loose and let your personality shine. Yeah, they know they, they so like I think there's I think it's over a hundred thousand people applied this year, so they've got 16, 16 of us. So out of hundred, I think it was hundred and one thousand, something stupid that actually typed in the details in. So out of that, sixteen of us. So they've they actually know every single part of us. They they know how we like online or on social media because they they watch you to see if you're going to be a, a good candidate. So they kind of know how you're going to because they know it's such a relentless process. Like when I say relentless, I mean it. It is relentless on your mind and body. You, you honestly, you're knackered, um, and it's just one of those that they need to make sure they've got the right caliber of people to do it. 
And I've, one of the when I've reached out to the listeners of the show for questions, one of the things that they are curious to know is, do you think the diversity of guests is a deliberate thing because they bring a diversity of character to the show and also, yeah. I guess, a diversity of business to the show because ultimately they don't want everyone to have the same business model that Lord Sugar is going to apply and uh, not apply yeah. to um, in, investing. Do you think that kind of diversity? Because if you look at the age ranges, the genders, the ethnicities, the backgrounds, so, so varied. Do you think that's a yeah, deliberate, deliberate thing for TV? I don't think it's deliberate for TV. I think it's very easy to say, yeah, it is. They've done that. They've put they've put an oldest guy, they've put an old person on there, older than ever. They've put blacks, they've put Asians, they've put everybody in there. It's got to be for TV. And I generally, generally believe that. That's not the reason why. I think they've focused on people who are, who've got a good business plan, who are different. So obviously me and Nick are completely different people. But Nick is an extremely intelligent person, knows exactly what he's doing and that. And whereas me, we're completely different personalities. So it can't, if you had all the same people like 16 Aaron's, it wouldn't work. Um, and I think it wouldn't test our skill set because say that I was on a team with another person like me, they'll just agree with me and we'll just be agreeing with everyone because we'd all have the same ideas. And what they want is someone to give you a to see how how could I work with someone who hasn't who isn't like me? How can how can I cope with someone who doesn't listen to me when all I'm used to is people listening to me? So they want to test to see how you can work with other people. Because if you think of Lord Shuggy, he's going in business with someone, he wants to make sure that you guys can work with anybody. So I think they make sure that there's people who are not too similar. But I don't think they they choose the gender or race ethnicity for the basis of the programme. I really don't. In fact, I'm certain they don't. Me, me neither, mate. Me neither. Imagine if there was 16 irons. Imagine how aggressive the boardroom might be. Horrendous. Horrendous. <laughs> no, one, no one will admit things that they've done wrong. Um, <laughs> it'll, just be, it'll just be crazy. It'll just be carnage. Um, so what we're trying to say, well, this will happen, this happened. I think that's what people think, say about me is that I, in that boardroom, you are fighting for your life. You really, really are. And imagine 16 of that of me <laughs> fighting against each other. Yeah, it'd be crazy. <laughs> and mate, that's exactly why I reached out to you to come on the podcast because yeah. you're the character that I was most compelled to because you were so steadfast and you just yeah. stuck your ground and uh, you were like a proper team leader. Um, and I think not only has that shown throughout the uh, episodes that you're in, but like it's, I think already the listeners will hear that you've brought it to life today on the show. Yeah, I think I think there's two different types. Is I think. A lot of people can say, well, he's, he's arrogant, he's aggressive, this, that, and the other. And it's not. It clearly isn't. It's just a case of I'm really passionate about what I believe in. And if I, at the end of the day, if you are not prepared to fight for your, for your whole career and life in that boardroom, then you're not, you shouldn't be in that boardroom. And I think that's what Lord Sugar would want. He would want someone who's prepared to fight with everything they've got. Otherwise, what's the point in going? You've gone through all this to show that you could be his business partner. Why just give up and lie down if someone's if someone's saying stuff? And we all had a pact in the board. We all said, whatever, we're all good mates in the house and whatever happens in that boardroom, we've always got to have that maturity to understand that if you're going to go at me, then I'm going to go at you. But it's nothing personal. And I we're happy with that. As long as you don't go personal to me and I don't do the same or I don't completely disregard your business and completely disrespect you, then that's fine. Anything else, we we game and and after the the boardroom every single time like when me and Catherine and Amy was in there, um, Catherine brought me and Amy back. Unfortunately, Amy went, 
me and Catherine was at each other for a bit. As soon as it had finished, we was in the back. Catherine burst out crying, give me a hug. And literally, we had a hug, had a, a, a delivery, sat together, and it was forgotten. Didn't talk about it again. And we're back to being friends again. It was just weird because all that adrenaline, we understood why we was like that with each other. So when you're brought back to the boardroom, you don't know what's going to happen. That's live. Yeah, you have not a clue. You've not oh, wow. a clue. And it's, it's really intense. And you got to think, it was, you're in the hours. It seems probably about two hours or so you're in there. It seems shorter. So if you get brought back to the cafe and then you've got to argue a case and you get brought back to the bottom three, you have no idea. You have no idea. You sat in the waiting room literally thinking, what am I going to say? And that's your time. You probably get about, I don't know, you probably get two, three minutes, I reckon, don't you, to fight your case. You don't know what the other people are going to say. You don't know what, what you've done wrong. You don't know anything. All you know is when you go back into that bottom three, you're going for a battle. That's it. it, it you're going for, it's like, I don't know, Man United and City and they're in the tunnel, aren't they? And you, you look, there's a really good one when you've got Roy Keane, he won't look at anyone. And Gary Neville did the same. He didn't want to see, I don't even think he shook his own brother's hand when they were playing Everton. Didn't want to see him. Is he still his brother and they still probably love each other? But he was just he knew that he was going on that pitch to fight and go to that was it to win. Um, and that's a mentality I think you've got to have. Just don't take it personally. I mean, that's a make drop moment. I think that's gonna be my trailer clip. I love it. Boom. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so what's staying the life like on set? What does it look like end to end? Mate, it is so we're up at four, four thirty, um, and that's it. Half an hour done, shower, suit on. Um, and then you're downstairs, brekkie, mic up and everything. So by the time you've mic'd up, had your breakfast, got your, like, your snacks for the day, you're out the door. Um, and then you get your task, whatever task you're getting. Um, and then your task all day. It is literally all day on your feet doing the task. You get back to the house probably 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Or if there's delays in traffic or anything, because London, could be one in the morning till you're in bed. So you've been up since four You've done a whole day's task. And then next day, you're up at five, six o'clock to do it all again. And then you've got boardroom. So the boardroom's a full day mentally and physically. So you after your task, you're exhausted. You're absolutely exhausted. And you, you people think, oh, well, you must go home. You must have a rest or whatever. You, you could have a day off, but that day is to have a sleep or we'll all have a meal or we'll watch a film. But next day, you, you're doing it again. And I think there was one where we did a gaming task and Lord Sugar knocked on the door and he sent us to Wales that night. So we'd just done a three-day task. He's knocked on, and then we were having a six-hour drive, wherever we were, to, to Wales and just doing it all again. It's crazy, mate. It so to ask, to make sure I'm getting this right, it's films consecutively then. It's basically yeah, like it's a big chunk of time and you just do a task almost like on a day-to-day That basis. is it, yeah. It's, it's relentless. There's no breaks. I think people assume there is. It, it's... Taste, what you see on TV is what actually it is. You are from task to task to task. You're on it all the time. It's just non-stop. Is it true when the candidates get the phone call saying, um, Alan Sugar wants to see you in 20 minutes, you've got 20 minutes to get yeah. ready? Is that how long you actually probably get? It is. I just thought, because I was sat on there and I'm like, there's no way the girls get ready. I was at home, I'm like, there's no way girls get ready in 20 minutes. No way the guys can. You look at Akshay's perfect hair, you think, nah, there's no way... And then you get that phone call. Yeah, right. You you're getting ready. Um, we need you down in 25 minutes. And you have to be ready. It is it, the cars are there, ready to go. 
Mate, I bet you being so regimental and being a dad, like you probably get ready in 10 minutes, so you're probably 10 minutes to speed <laughs> up. Honestly, like, because the production have done it years, and I came downstairs like, what are you doing? You're suited. I honestly, it was like they couldn't believe how quick I was done. But they're like, and they went upstairs, and my bed was made perfect. They're like, it's like, they actually one of them said, it's like the Hilton. You've made your bed, like, perfect. And you'll see it in, like, you'll see my bed on, on set when you do the wake-up calls. My bed is immaculate. So people can't understand how I managed to get up, shower, suit on, bed. In 15 minutes, I was ready. They couldn't believe it. Um, and it was just, that's just me. There's a lot of animosity between some of the team members, especially when it comes to the boardroom. When you go back to living with each other, being in the house, are you all friends again? One hundred percent. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about the 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 boardroom or anything at home or while we're there. We just didn't do it. We just it was just like you with your mates. So we'd cook tea, we'd have games or whatever. Um, there's no there is no bad feeling. There is none. Because if you do, then you, it's not going to work. So honestly, hand on heart, everything is left in that boardroom, nothing. And the production won't let it happen either. They would not let that happen. Because we have a welfare team the whole time in the house who live with us, who made sure that we're happy and we're getting on and people are treated with respect. Um, and they are on it. They are on it. So the, you've, you've got everyone in every room watching and listening to you. And if you did something to disrespect someone or you was bullying or whatever, they, they'll never let it happen, ever. So it's it's just it just didn't happen in that house whatsoever. So are you essentially encouraged just to bring your whole self to the show and pretend like the cameras weren't there and just let Yeah, the, let you don't know they're there. You just don't know they're there, Dave. Honestly, mate, you you really don't know that the cameras are there because you are just in your own zone. And there's times where like I think I watched on TV that I looked directly in the camera because I forgot it was there. So I was just looking and the camera was there. And everyone's like, it, the Twitter was going mental saying like, no way did I even just look directly in the camera. But I didn't know he was there. So I was just like looking. I thought, shit, there's a camera. So then I had to just like carry on. You just forget, mate. You really do. But if, mate, I think it's on. So the non-alcoholic drink task, you we're like selling to like loads of different people. You'll see me just staring camera and like think, shit, there's a camera there. So then I just go back to normal again. You'll see it. Plus, I need to check that out, mate. I need to check that one out. Yeah, you'll laugh when you see it. Episode one went viral, uh, especially your team for the cruise ship logos that you had to design. Can you explain for the listener what happened there? <laughs> yeah, we had to design. You know, you know what's going. We had to we had to design a cruise ship, a cruise liner, and promote it and sell it to industry experts to see if they would invest in our cruise, basically. Um, so yeah, we had to design a logo, we had to do um, a branding, they call it like the ship name, we had to do a, a trailer, like a brochure trailer and stuff, a video for it. Yeah, so the, the logo was pretty decent, <laughs> was it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I saw that logo, I'm like, because I, 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 I work in the logo team. So I was like, when they released the logo, I'm thinking, well, I'm here another week. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, that's me safe. Like, there's no way that I cannot be responsible for that. Um, because yeah, it was, it's, it's gone viral, that logo, mate. It, really it was all, I saw it on TikTok, Twitter, everywhere, <laughs> mate. Like, actually, I've got some of the tweets here and I'm going to read them out to you. Go and I'm going to gauge your reaction. 
Right. Okay, so the first one is um, Chris Whitty. Remember the uh, chief medical officer? Chris Whitty. It's yeah. not by him, but someone's quote pretended it's him. Okay. Chris Whitty. It's the worst variant we've seen to date. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> The Apprentice UK. <laughs> yeah. The second one is yeah. would have been an unreal logo for a laxative. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, I studied media at GCSE. I can make a clear logo, the logo, and then it's a picture of your logo. There's many good ones there. Let me go find them. I I think I saw Carlsberg use it, or someone pretend it was Carlsberg. I found that one funny. Um, Some class ones there. But how did you feel seeing that when it went viral? Because obviously you'd be at home at the time. Yeah, luckily, because that was the first episode. So all my family was in the pub with us. So I was smashed. So I was watching it and like my brother-in-laws were like just looking at me like, what the hell is that? Like, but I didn't think it'd be as bad as it was. Like, so when I woke up next morning, my phone is going mental with just logos, memes, everything going on. And I thought there's something going on here. It's like I didn't think it'd be that bad. Um <laughs> But luckily, it was comedy. It was used as a comedy comedy thing, and I love to laugh at myself, and that's why I, I thought it was hilarious because it it was something that will stick in the memory of this series. I think. And do you think the rest of the contestants felt the same, or were you quite worried that they might have taken it the wrong way? I don't know how you can take it any other way than laugh at it because if you take it personally, then you're going to be have a. I, I just don't. I don't think they would have done. I think because. Look at it. It was, I think, it, it, I don't know any other way you can take it to heart, really. The only thing is, is that we lost. And I don't think that's the reason why we lost that task, but it played a massive, massive contributor because that logo was, it was horrendous, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, if I saw that, if I was on The Apprentice and I saw that, like my, if I saw the, the sub team come yeah. back with that, I yeah. would have actually lost. I don't want to say lost character on TV, but I would have just burst out laughing. I would have been on the floor rolling around and it would have been <laughs> the worst the worst TV content ever because I would actually have pissed my pants live on TV. I think that's the only time that I thought, like, we're in trouble here. And obviously you don't want to go first and you want to win the first task. And I thought it's going to take something really bad for the girls' team to for this not to win. Um, so I, when it got revealed, I knew we was in trouble, and I thought we're gonna have to do something here. We're gonna have to put and poor Rach here because he put himself forward, um, and like fair play to him, he just was like, "What is that?" And I think that's when he knew we was in serious trouble. Um, and I think we need we did come together, me, Connor, Alex, actually on that team. We just sat together and we're like, "We need to pull this out of the bag. We need to do something special now." <laughs> that, that logo is not going to help us. And mate, you went straight into episode two with the wand, uh, yeah, the brush wand, where you yeah. went under a lot of fire for mate, that I, product. I've never, I've never had so much grief in my life. Um, I think that's, I think that's when, um, I think that's when it hit our family more than me, of how ginormous the apprentice, is, but how cruel can people can be as well. And what I did thought, you yeah, it was just pure abuse online of, and everyone's entitled to the opinion. I get it. Um, and of who they should should go and Aaron should have gone. He's useless. This other what he's shit. He shouldn't be in there. What a fucking idiot! All this kind of stuff. 
it was quite personal attacks. And I think when my wife has to see it, it kind of gets to her a bit. With me, I was like, it didn't really affect me because I just blanked it out a little bit. But I didn't expect it to be as bad. And I thought it's going to take a lot for me on this show now to pull some credibility back because I thought I was in trouble here now because I thought people are not going to take me seriously because I had a thought in my mind, Dave, I, I knew exactly what I wanted to do with that toothbrush. It just didn't execute well. And I think if I put someone better at designing that brush, I think we would have been fine. Or it just probably needed a bit more. Um, yeah. It needed a lot more to be. <laughs> it, it almost looked like the logo from episode one. Well, it did, didn't it? Same colours, mate. So let's be honest. Let, let's not beat around the bush. Um, it was exactly the same colours. I think they used the same, like, copies. Like, I think they used the same actual template for colour. They must have done. But I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, right, well, one's a brown, so it's got to be brown. It has to be. Why else can't it be? Um, and then I thought, well, we're running out of time here. What should we do? Oh, I'll just stick fucking just stick green in it. It's all right, isn't it? Like green, like nice color, perfect. And I didn't click, mate. Honestly, I didn't click. Even when we were showing it, I had it in my hand. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> didn't click. It didn't click till I pitched it to Superdrum. I think it were, and I was like, I think he said it looks like a turd. And I looked at it and I thought, <laughs> I've done it again. I <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's when we thought, like, yeah, am I going to get out of this one? <laughs> but that's the time where I didn't have, I couldn't turn around and say, well, I'm safe, because I thought, I'm in the shit here. Like, I literally. Don't know how to yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. I don't know how to get myself out of this. And I remember coming back to the house and I was just deflated. And I think that's when I spoke to the production team and the welfare team. I'm like, I feel like I just feel down at the minute. I just because I knew that I was in trouble, and I knew that I was prepared. To, I, I had a fight in my hands that episode to stay in the in the house. And you so, did. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think saved you in the boardroom then? Because you and Navid were going head to head. You weren't having. Uh, you weren't letting him off the list of the of the of the hook too quickly. Oh, so it was it Connor. Connor, I brought. Connor and oh, you brought Connor and Connor and Nick back. Yeah, but before that, you seemed to be going under wraps with Navid quite a lot. You were going quite head to head, and I'm surprised you didn't bring him back actually, because you seem to clash the most. I think I was going to bring back the people that were responsible for the failure of the task. I weren't going to bring back just because I've had a, a disagreement with somebody. I don't. I've got integrity to know if he is not responsible for failing that task. Why should I bring him back? It's not fair. He doesn't deserve to be brought back. And I think I, I brought back the people who I thought was at risk for the task, who, who could have been. I was massively at fault for the task. I designed it. But there was other people, there's two other people there beside me who was responsible as well. It, it takes, it ain't just one person. So I think what, what kept me in there is I just showed, I had to fight with everything I had. And I had to give out my points as why I feel. I should stay. Um, and why? And that was it. As, as long as I could then, if I would have got fired, as long as I would have been in the taxi and I would have thought I'd give everything I had, I would have gone home proud. 
because I knew that I'd give everything. But I couldn't lie down because I was there was next to two successful business people, extremely intelligent. Connor's a legend. Nick knows what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? I knew I was up for a war, and it's one of those that it's. I was lucky. I'm not going to lie. I was extremely lucky. Um, but I think he probably hoped. Well, he did see that I had a bit more about me, and we, everyone everyone messes up, and I messed up a bit there. How did you feel afterwards when Connor went home and you didn't? Uh, a lot of people say, did you feel relieved? And I didn't. I felt, because I give everything, and I mean everything, emotion. I was drained, Dave. I was literally drained. I had nothing left. And then it sat in when I was in the house. That The house was really quiet. It was a quieter house without Connor because he was a good character. And I got on well with Connor. And I think that's when it realised that this is not, this is not a game. This is actual because one of my mates in the house is just gone. I've just gone like toe to toe with him. Um, it is yeah. That's when I realised that this ain't this ain't messing around now. Yeah. What's Lord Alan Sugar like to work with? What's it like in real life? To be fair, what you see is what you you get on camera. Is what he's like. He's there's no he doesn't act up for the cameras or anything. That is him, and he's. He has, he has this distance between candidates and him. So what you see when you see us in the morning and he gives us our task, he will give us our task and he's gone. That's him done. The next time you see him is in the boardroom. There's no when and there's no after cameras are rolling. He doesn't. You don't see him in between. You don't have any conversation or any dialect with him whatsoever. That is it. So literally, boardroom task gone. That's it. Really? So it's not like you're popping to the pub afterwards for a paint and having a no, laugh. No. no, I would have put it on his tab. But I think what I would say, mate, is he is so professional. He, he's not bothered about anything else. He just wants to get this task done, find out who's at fault, fire the people responsible, and move on to the next one. He's extremely busy. But even the bits that I know that I've learned so much so far from him, because he hasn't given me anything direct. But even when he's talking about what you should have done and why didn't you do that? And I think there was one point in the toothbrush task, he's like, why didn't you change the colour when they asked? And I'm like, yeah, I didn't want to lose credibility. He's like, why? You could have. You could have just said, listen, if that's what you want, that's what I'll do for you. And I've learned that. I think you think, yeah, you do. He, he just knows something straight away. And you pick up on everything that he says you do. You really do. I know. It must be so strange to get, not strange, overwhelming to get advice from one of the most, I guess, online trusted business persons uh, in the country. You must take so much away from that experience. It's so amazing to hear. It, it is, mate. I think when you sat, because I've, before The Apprentice, I was obsessed with Lord Sugar. I, I've read his books. I've listened to everything he does. And I've watched his whole business career. And I think the values that he's had growing up, he had to work his nuts off to get where he was. Um, so when you, when that, even when that person's actually talking to you and saying your name, it's surreal because he's like, this person knows who you are mm-hmm. and this person's prepared to give you advice. Um, if you take it, you take it. If not, you don't. Um, and I think what he said to me is why well, never go put yourself for a team leader position if you have no experience in that. And that's what I've done throughout the show. A lot of people say, well, why did you go for PM for that task? I don't have any experience in it. But it was before I probably would have done it. Oh, I want to be PM. I want to be PM and just show how, how good I am. But now, no, I don't have any experience in that field. I'm not going to do it. I need someone because I've listened to his advice. Amazing, mate. 
What's been your favourite episode so far, or favourite task so far, and why? I think the one coming up um, is Silverstone. Um, I think it was class. Um, the the fun that we had on it, the the obviously the cars, the the Aston Martins that you saw, the whole. I've never been to Silverstone before, um, so it was like one of my bucket lists ticked off. But I was meeting people, we were selling like corporate events. We was honestly, it was such a good day. Um, and every single one in that team, no matter what team you are, had an amazing day. And it was sad because obviously we knew that one of us would be failing this task, but we couldn't understand why because we all had so much fun. Every single one of us. It's crazy. That that must be quite hard because one person is going to have their day spoiled, essentially. Everyone's had the most amazing day. It's the most universal, yeah. enjoyable task. But it's a shame to think that one person will also yeah. ultimately sacrifice themselves or be sacrificed uh, on the show. It is awful, especially when you're not PM as well, because you're having to show the PM that you're working hard and you are, if if it do, if the shit does hit the fan, then you're not responsible. So you have to now, because because there's only seven of us left, you can't hide now. You, you really can't. You stand out. Any decision you make, it is stand, stand out straight away. You, there's no hiding behind anybody now. You've replied to some people online who have, given you abuse or contested you what have you said yeah. to them the, well the few times i've had is like people were like oh that aaron is so annoying oh my god aaron needs to go aaron needs to go what the hell is aaron here blah 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 blah, blah. what a useless piece of... and i mean the first one i bought i text about the other day oh mom is that you and then i was like another one was like another and i was like mom will you stop messaging me and then there's other stuff like he never smiles so i just did a selfie with a big smile and sent it to him um, I'll do gifts. I'll do like the Alan Partridge stuff. Whereas now a lot of people will say, oh, these contestants are shite. These contestants know what they're doing. And every single time now, I just copy and paste the application link and send. So nothing else I could do better. These are So I just send it straight to them and crack on. I hope they apply and realise it's, it, it's so hard. It really is. You said 100,000 100, people applied this yeah. year. I think you might have doubled that by your Twitter response next year, mate. <laughs> yeah, just spamming them. Yeah, that makes so. But yeah, if they think they can do it, they can. But yeah, I've doubled it, mate. I think so. Uh, it must be amazing for your kids and your wife to see you on TV. What's their yeah. reaction been like? Are they super proud of you? Yeah, I think the lads are proud. I think the eldest is 15. He's into that his girl's popularity now. So I think he's doing well. He, he's getting the birds out of my um like image that I've got online now and that he's like using it as a way in. Like so he, he, the first thing he says to him, do you watch the apprentice? Yeah, well uh, so he's gone straight in. Um and I think my wife is really proud. Um she does struggle because she does like she she just likes me being Aaron at home and that's all she's used to. And um, so she does struggle with the 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 demands that it has and the fact that the whole nation are making opinion, but she's really proud, like so proud, and she gets so excited. But when I say things like make a cringe, that's when she's like, oh, why did you just say that? <laughs> but it is good because she's always said, you know what, that is how you are. And I can tell when, you, when you're doing that face or when you're having a go, it's good that you've not put an act on for anybody. That is you from start to finish, and that's what she's happy about, really. That's amazing, mate. And now you have celebrity status. Do you have anyone notice you in the streets or around your local area? Yeah, it, I, I didn't even think, like, I know there was a lot of people watching, but I thought no one's going to concentrate on me. So we can't go out anymore without 
any everyone will come up and it's always positive whether we go into we just went to the theater the other day there was selfies there was people wanting me to give them shout outs to the mums and dads and stuff and like we'll go to the shop and it's every single time I went into the shop the other day it was just like, are you from The Apprentice I'm like yeah and then he's ringing his girlfriend he's facetiming his girlfriend while I'm on there and it was just crazy but then people are like oh well you obviously didn't win I'm like why well you're here you're at the traffic center in Manchester I'm like why are you not in the house? I'm like, it's, they don't. They, they actually thought that I'm. I'm. I shouldn't be in the traffic centre because I should be on task. <laughs> so they, they still think that I've, obviously, even though it's been done and it's filmed, they get really involved. Um, one person, I went to Greg's the other day, and one person, the person who served me said, "Well, I know you didn't win." I'm like, well, "Why should? Well, you won't be going to Greg's." <laughs> Why won't I be going to Greg's? She's like, well, you'd be going to Greenhouses because that's more of an upmarket pasty shop. I'm like, no. I'm like, so people, people generally, mate, everyone is so supportive. You see, I've never had anyone say nasty things to me on the street. Not one. Mate, I think I know the formula for success on the show now. You have to pitch to Lord Alan Sugar that you're going to spend the 250k in Greg's. And I think that's the, the foolproof plan. That's it. I think so. I think so. I've been trying to get Greg's to sponsor me because I'm like, I'm doing a lot of plugging for this company. And the one, there's one guy he tweeted, Aaron looks like a proper good guy. He looks like someone who could sit and have a Greg sausage roll on the toilet. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, yes. Uh, so I'm like, topping Greg's in. See, are you going to, like, nothing. So I think I'm going to start like a campaign for Greg's to actually. At least give me something like um, a free sausage roll or something. Oh, that'd be dino, mate. Like I, I think I, I would know if I made it if someone tweeted me that about the podcast that I look yeah. a guy that could enjoy a sausage cheese and bean melt uh, on the toilet. Yeah, yeah, mate. I think that's that's your, you've made it, haven't you? If someone said that, you know you're a good guy. I think. <laughs> I'd put. I honestly put that on any CV for the rest of my life. I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing some, mate. Some. What do you want your legacy to be on the show besides having a sausage roll in the toilet? Do you know what, mate? All I want is someone to know that I was normal, like I was myself. And I might, I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but at least I was myself. And when they look back in years or next season, they're like, do you know that Aaron? It was just normal. Like he, he weren't in it for anything else but to do well for his business. And um, that's what I want people to think of me as. No one who was chasing fame or anything else. Your identity spans beyond The Apprentice, mate. What's next for Aaron Willis? Well, obviously, hoping for the investment. Um, but what I've been looking for is making my security company global, not global, um, national now. So I focus on like event security, door super, door supervisors, construction, all that security element involved. But it's just in my local area in the northwest of England. So with that investment, I want to be able to expand it across the country. So hopefully that works out. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I, I'm hoping for me security company to be found everywhere, mate. Everywhere. I mean, I'm sure regardless of the result, that will happen. Appreciate I've got it. one last question for you. I don't know who my next guest is. I've not scheduled them in. So I want you to ask the next guest, pay it forward, ask them a random question. Okay. I'm going to ask what I got asked before. I've still not answered it. If you came back, if you was a pigeon for one day, who would you shit on first? <laughs> <laughs> because someone just asked it me on my Instagram and I still don't know who. 
Um, but I want them to know. I want them to tell me who they would shit on first if there's pigeon for a day. I mean, I hope your answer is not me after this podcast. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, mate, this has been so much fun and an absolute round circle for me to have you on. I've loved the show uh, since I was a kid and just to have a contestant on it's just been amazing. Um, thank you. No, thank mate. Honestly, thanks so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. You were starring. This podcast is class. It really is. So I certainly will be listening to it as I will be on my way to work. Oh, amazing. If the people want to reach out to you online, where can they find you? Yeah, on Instagram is Aaron Willis Official. Just give us a follow. Um, the same on Twitter. Um, and then, yeah, so all my stuff is on Aaron Willis Official on Insta. Um, but then on Instagram, it's just myself as Aaron Willis if you need some security or uh, want to go for Greg's and a pint, whatever. Just yeah. <laughs> But not a sausage roll in the toilet together. That's off bounds. Nah, mate. Not happening. <laughs> I might send you that, though. I might send you like, a picture of me on, on Instagram. While it, I'll DM you, mate. Just me, South Lou, and a big sausage roll in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be the uh, the thumbnail, the, the trailer clip for this uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah. You regret that. Yeah, sweet. Let's see. Greg's will sponsor it then. Trust me. <laughs> What a laugh, mate. Take care. Yeah, yeah take care, mate. In a bit. Bye.